Shut up, Leonard. I'm Matt. I'm Andrew. And we like community. We do. What episode did we watch today? The 10th episode, season 5. Yeah. Advanced, advanced, Dungeons and Dragons. Yup. It's a big deal. You know why else? Why in the, in our, within our podcast this is a big deal? Nope. This is number 50 for us. Episode oh. 50 of Shut Up, Leonard. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I like that a lot, actually. <laughs> so we've done that. Thumbs up. Who Good. did our theme song? Uh, Alex Moschina of Slacktory.com. Of course. And who wrote this episode? Uh, this episode was written by Matt Roller. Yep. All Roll, right. Rolling on down. Good. With the words. Sweet. Uh, overview uh, of the episode. It is exactly as it says. They... <laughs> they do Dungeons and Dragons again. Yup. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> this Shout time, out to Nerd Poker. Yeah, this time they're doing it because uh, Hickey, uh, he has trouble connecting with his son. Yep. Not his gay son. Not his gay son. The other one. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's David Cross. Yes. Playing Hank. Yep. And so the the Save Greendale Committee comes up with the idea of everyone getting together to play Dungeons and Dragons with Hickey's son to get them to bond. Yeah. And that doesn't go as planned. <laughs> uh, as, as as Dungeons and Dragons games with the with the society group often don't. Yep. Um let's dive in. All right. So um first scene is they're all in the study room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean comes in to tell them that uh, the school needs insurance. The school has <laughs> no insurance. Um, and that is when Hickey, who was on his laptop, notices that his... Um, is it his daughter-in-law that asked him he what he's... His sister. Oh, his sister. He asked what he is getting his grandson. Yeah, for his grandson's birthday, uh, which, uh, of course, is uh, upsetting to Hickey because Hickey was not invited to the birthday party. Um. He says, what the hell, which I, I, I now want to go back to before we learned that that was Jim the Duck's catchphrase and see if he was saying it even then all the time. I think he was. Because he says it in the last episode as well, in the VCR he's, maintenance episode. He's he also says it. it. Yeah. Wait, did he say it in the VCR maintenance? He did. Did we not count that as a callback? I, no, and you know, we're going to have a discussion about that. Oh, boy. <laughs> Probably. On our next Community Fantasy League episode. Oh, boy. Um, okay, so that happens. Uh, and then we we, we we they say well you know what are you talking about you saw your son at his wedding he says no it's my gay son uh, he said I, his name is it Fiorio yeah that's what it sounded like it's like Italian yeah okay yeah um <laughs> I, I like that he that uh old cons- uh seemingly like a very uh, old school maybe conservative guy like Hickey uh, has an easier time relating to his gay son than to his son who is into D and D. Uh, a love of D and D is a bigger problem for him <laughs> than uh, his son being gay. 
Not okay, because, yeah. not specifically because he's into DMED, but just because that's that's the kind of person that Hickey absolutely cannot relate to. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which I like. Do you think those are his, those are his only two sons? Time will tell. Because it feels like it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then um, so they they so after the group finds out that uh, his son is into D and D, that's when they hatch their uh, their scheme to play D and D to help them reconnect. Mm-hmm. Uh, at which point Abba's mentioned, you know, you don't you don't consider that we almost drove someone to suicide last time. Um, and then Jeff starts to say fat Neil, but he but he he uh, given the context, he he realizes that's probably not a good idea and changes it instead to fabulous Neil, which I <laughs> which I like is what we now call him as a as a character. Yeah, fabulous Neil. Yeah, fabulous Neil. Great. Uh, and he mentions how fabulous Neil is still having great adventures in the background when we see him in the background. A nice little touch there sure um you got any notes um for this first scene you know what no nope okay <laughs> I, we set them um i will say and then there's there's another where um Abed talks about how doing a sequel is hard he is just referring to them doing D again but of course this is a a meta comment on the episode mm-hmm. um which i i kind of like the idea of abed standing in for dan Harmon here saying how um you know so many geniuses have tried and failed to do sequels and now i, I have a chance to prove that i'm better than them this is which feels very harmony. <laughs> like there's a lot of times where Abed's the stand-in for Harmon. <laughs> yep, that's that is very Dan true. Harmon's uh, ideals. Yeah, uh, I also li- I like this episode a lot as a sequel, and that uh, in in classic sequel fashion, it kind of follows the same basic line as the old one, uh, as the first episode, in that they they have it they stage a D and D game uh, with the intent to to help uh, yeah. help someone with their personal problems, only to have the game hijacked by uh, someone uh someone else uh with the intent of making that person's problems way way worse <laughs> uh but then it works out in the end that was the format of the first episode and, and that is the format here mm-hmm. but it is it is reworked enough that it still feels like a fun original episode yeah um so then we're we're at abed's apartment abed and annie's apartment mm-hmm. i should say uh playing D. i have a note here um Chang loves beanbag chairs. I don't know if you've noticed this over the course of the years. Now that you've said it, I immediately have in my mind all the times he's <laughs> yeah. been in beanbag chairs, and it's quite a few. And it's always, I believe, I don't know if it's 100% time, but a lot of the time it's when he is at uh, Abed's, Abed's yeah. uh, place of dwelling. When he's at Abed's dorm, he's in the beanbag chair. Yep. Anytime oh Chang comes to hang out, he always, I don't know if he brings a beanbag chair or if Abed <laughs> keeps one that is, that is sort of in storage until he has Chang over. Because it's not, it's not in his apartment usually. Hmm. But uh, yeah, Chang loves a beanbag chair. Um, so then my next note is about <clears throat> their, uh, their character sheets. I have a, I don't know, uh, this is kind of a longer scene here. So yeah. some of my notes are a little bit jumbled. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hickey's son makes a reference to Hickey being 60. Which I think that is his exact age, the way that Hank says it. Yeah. He says, what made you at, at age 60? 60. 60. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. How old is Jonathan Banks? Is that, uh, I don't see age. I think that matches up. Okay. You um, don't see age, is that you're about to say? That's what I did say. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really, really bad at telling how old someone is. It okay. is just, for some reason, it is not a skill that I have. I look at someone like a Jonathan Banks Honestly, he could be like 50 to 80 is my range. I have no idea where he falls in there. Um, he's 67 in real life for the, the, for the record. Do you, is he older or younger than Chevy Chase? Uh, well, he is 67. But you're asking me. I, this is a fun game now. Well, well now that now, you know his age. But I know his age. And I also know like 
Chevy Chase got famous in the seventies. Uh huh. And but you don't know how old he was then. I f- but I feel like I think he was in his thirties. That's what I would say. Yeah. Which would now make I'm gonna say Chevy is older. But I will even that I will say I'm only using the clues of like when he got famous and how old I think he was then. Uh-huh. If 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 neither of them were celebrities and they both just walked up to me, I would have <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Chevy Chase is seventy years old. Oh. He is three years older than Jonathan Banks. All right. Um, um, yeah. I have a note here about uh, the 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 dean. Okay. Uh, he th- there's a line where uh, Abed says, "Oh, your goal is to you know kill the necromancer." Yeah. And uh, Hank says, oh, that's just what I love about role-playing games, being told exactly what to do. Yeah. And the Dean says, yeah, he he agrees. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the Dean, the Dean likes being told what to do when role-playing. Yeah. I had to write it out as a sentence <laughs> to really let it sink in. Because... You think he's a bottom is what this suggests. I'm, well, I'm saying he's a he's a sub. Yeah. <laughs> that's what yeah, I'm well, going to take it that far. Yeah. <laughs> when he invited those uh, Dalmatian-clad gentlemen into his life, and I do he have... was not the one walking them. <laughs> we do... We see at several points of this episode the Dean being uh, very into this game. He takes it... I would argue the most... Even more so than Hank. He takes, yeah, oh, it, the, yes. he takes it the most seriously. <laughs> yes. Which I I think... Do you think Dean has played D&D before? Or do you think... No, just I think be, it's just he's so role, role play. Yeah. yeah. But what I'm suggesting is because he is so into role play, you don't think he would have tried his hand at D&D uh, before? Because Look, let me tell you the kind of D&D he would have played. <laughs> Not the kind that you or I played. BDSM and D <laughs> is yes. what you're suggesting? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> something like that gotcha uh so, just so like, i do i i also have notes on character sheets so okay. what are yours you go uh, i like that even uh, my note is after they have scrambled them I don't know okay no, it, mine are about the same yeah so just to, for the uh you know uh hank doesn't like that uh the force nature of the game so he scrambles all the character sheets i really like uh Shirley's... which is similar to the last episode it's true where uh they were random randomly yeah but that was at abed's to, that he yeah. just suggested they pick them randomly but um i like that shirley objects to being a druid mm-hmm. <laughs> even in this fictional game she she doesn't <laughs> like to be a different religion which i, I really enjoyed that's my only note about characters okay uh well i i also put it, it's the return of hector the well-endowed yes actually i uh i wrote annie's big dick later which is <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that's visual yeah um hector but... the well-endowed is who she played in the last D game as well Mm-hmm. Uh, and and fate seems to have that in mind for her because it was random both times. I have a question here. Mm-hmm. So um, once the the sheets are scrambled, we we know that Joseph Gordon Diehard and Riggs yeah were supposed to be you're the father son. You're wondering which character was intended for each person. Yes, because yeah. we because they become Nuggins the thief. And uh, some, I can't remember the name. I actually the had Holy that thought, cleric. but I forgot to write it down. Trist- Tristam, the Holy Cleric. Yeah. I think the cleric was supposed to be Shirley. Yeah. That makes the most sense. Nuggins the Thief? I'm not entirely sure. Well, mm, yeah, I don't know. Right? Yeah. That's Dingleberry. Who's Dingleberry meant for? Well, that one feels like it's meant for Chang. Yeah, and and yet it it after the, I guess it is possible that they, that after the randomization, they could end up with the same character. Mm-hmm. So so and I'm and based on that I'm gonna suggest that Annie was supposed to be Hector, Hector the Well endowed. Oh, sure. Um but yeah, I don't know. This is tough. 
Who was the druid meant for, you think? That's another. See, I don't know. Um, Crouton was the druid's name. Is that linked to anyone? Who? Oh, no. Dean is Dingleberry. Come on. Oh. Yep. That's true. Abed would, <laughs> Abed would put that right on him. Uh, okay. I don't know why you're so certain of this. Because the Abed didn't didn't expect the Dean to be in the game. When oh. they were all talking, it was just table members only, and the Dean sort of nosed his way in. Okay. Nuggins the thief, I feel like a little a, a little tiny thief. That might that might be a Chang type. Yeah. I don't know why I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know he's a halfling and, <clears throat> and uh Chang is is much shorter than everyone else in the group. Mm-hmm. So What did Britta end up as? Oh, a ranger. Yeah. The ranger probably was supposed to be Jeff, right? Think Jeff is a ranger? Uh, you know what? In, in my brain, we're, and we're going to talk about Harmontown in this episode, definitely. Oh, well, yeah. But this will be the first time we talk about Harmontown. Uh, when I think ranger, I now think Mulrain Sedona, which <laughs> is, uh, of course, Aaron McGathy's character uh-huh. when they play D&D in Harmontown, uh, which is why I, I was picturing a lady ranger and therefore not Jeff. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. No, because we know who... Oh, no, you're right. Never mind. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. We don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I did make a note uh, here. It happens uh early here and then later on where annie i feel like annie they they wrote annie to channel aaron aaron's uh play style yeah from harmontown yeah especially right at the beginning when um hank doesn't want to go across the bridge yeah so then annie goes well i'm laughing and i pick him up (laughs) and i take him across the bridge like that well she's such she's laughing because she's trying to to highlight how fun it is was her Yes. Ulterior motive. Do you, do you not feel the vibe? Come on. I'm not. No, I don't. I don't feel that vibe. I'm I not see saying Maureen it in a negative Sedona way. As I'm someone saying who just, that's... she loves crafts and she loves putting on shows. No, I'm saying the way that Aaron in Harmontown <laughs> mm-hmm. plays her character. She's like, I run through the woods and my hair is glimmering. Yeah, that's true. She does it's do just... that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there was some direction given to. Uh, no, House you're right. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Um, and then also later she says, "I notch two arrows." Yeah, uh, but Britta also, Britta also says that later. Does Britta say that as well during the big fight at the end? She says it like three times actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I only heard Annie say it. Um, <clears throat> I had a note actually here that I, that's an overall note about the episode. Sure. Um, so we never got to see Dan Harmon's take on a a, a troubled father and son relationship uh, as an episode because Ooh, true when when Jeff uh, met his father, it was in the gas leak year. So I, I, I think this, in a, in a way, is kind of Dan Harmon taking his crack at that uh, idea. Since it had already been done with Jeff, he, he brought in Hank to, to kind of do his version, mm-hmm. uh, which I like a lot. And, and the, the resolution is definitely a <clears throat> lot different here. There's not a, a clear moment of them like uh, getting over anything. They still hate each other at the end of the episode, but they hate each other in a way that is, is more okay. Yeah. <laughs> which is a very Dan Harmony ending, I think. Uh-huh. Um, my next, uh, so there's a point where um, Hank is in the same scene. Hank wants to go south instead of crossing the bridge, mm-hmm. and he calls uh, Abed Aziz. Yeah, which uh, just so Hank is racist. They yeah. just insert there into the middle of the scene. I felt like that was kind of where no one commented on. Like, oh, he's he was just super racist, mm-hmm. and he gives him a, a sideways glance. Yeah. So that, yeah, I just wanted to make note of that. Just I'll let the so, racism lie. Yeah, so for the record, <laughs> Hank is racist. Uh-huh. Um, no, do, can we talk about his his motives or something? Okay. Because it comes up, uh, he, he gives two reasons why he doesn't like his father. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in this episode. Yeah. One, he says that Hickey wasn't there for his birthdays. Yes. Uh, and two, he says that Hickey treats grandchildren as trophies. Like trophies. Like trophies. Yeah. Do you are these like things that you'd hate a father for? <laughs> I mean, if he was never there at your birthday, I think he's overall suggesting that he was just kind of uh, not there for him as a father. Yeah, but I feel like maybe he was working. Yeah, like, but I that's a classic father and son issue: is the dad is working all the time, uh-huh. not seeing the kid, cats in the cradle and such, and the silver spoon, spoon, uh, you know. I, <laughs> something, something. I don't know Little when, boy, but you know we'll get together. Blue then. moon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just didn't feel like uh, Hank was really justified. Like, uh, like, um, I mean, just just beyond the fact that yeah, it's his kid, so he can decide how much interaction yeah his his father has with him. No, own I think son. those were just a few specific points to say like like he Hank or, or uh, not Hank uh, uh, Hickey was just not around as as much as he he should have been as a father. I mean, because I'm not I'm. I'm, g- I'm not going to say even that I'm defending Hickey because yeah. we know what kind of person Hickey is. Yeah. We can imagine how he raised his son. I would like to see Hickey's gay son, though. We, we know what Hickey thinks of him. I would like to see what Hickey's gay son thinks of Hickey. That's I think that would be interesting to see to get a feel for how the, the father-son relationship works there. Huh. Who do you think would play that? Did you have anyone in mind? <sighs> nope. Okay. <laughs> If they're going, if, it's got to be if the a bald comedian. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, just you know, uh, David Cross has established that the baldness is hereditary yeah. for them. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have any thoughts beyond that. All right, bald, gay, comedian is what we're looking for. Well, the actor doesn't have to be gay. I would like for the actor to be gay. Okay. For we'll make them turn gay. Just for, for the... That's not what I was suggesting. <laughs> I was trying to make it about giving gay actors opportunities. You took it into something weird and homophobic, and I don't appreciate that. Um, let's get Cecil from Welcome to Nightfall to play him <laughs> because he is bald in real life. All right. <laughs> what? Where are we here? <laughs> I got a note about Hobgoblins. I got a, a note about but not even the first punching. time we see them. Yeah. Okay. What's your note about Hobgoblins? But it's about the second time we see them. What's your note? Uh, so th- it, it happens that, uh, they fall into the river and they yeah. get separated into two groups and then, um, uh, Hank and Hickey make a bet. If Hickey can kill the necromancer, he gets to go to his son's birthday and all future birth or his grandson's birthday and all future birthdays. If not, he is barred from uh, holiday events. If, uh, if Hank gets to kill the necromancer first. Mm-hmm. Um, so then after Hank and, the, and his group leaves the room. Um, Hickey threatens to punch everyone in the heart if they do not help him win. This is the first of three references to heart punching mm-hmm. uh, in the episode. I love that that is a Hickey signature move is to punch someone directly. Well, in the you heart. know, I think he is. Uh, he was the inspiration for Bill from Kill Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, wouldn't yeah? Did Bill invent the the what's it called the five step right. heart Did he punch death? Because it's only five finger punch. Five finger heart punch? I forget what it's called. It's but five it's only... fingers because they go boop, 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 boop with the five fingers yeah. before you punch it. But you get five steps before you die is the point. Yeah, that's the other part of it. Who knows? All I know is that it's the bride that does it in the movie. Well, It's not him, so. But Bill, did Bill learn it from... Didn't, uh, what's his name? That Asian guy Crazy on the mountain? Beard? <laughs> Crazy Beard? Crazy <laughs> Beard? I love it. <laughs> he might have. 
Well, uh, well, you have. well, uh, well, you you can find out next week on Shut Up, Orenishi. <laughs> okay, I'll take Orenishi. <laughs> That's a good shut up. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Not Black Mamba. You know, I reached for a character name that I knew. It's been a while since I saw Kill Bill, mm-hmm. and we already used Bill <laughs> and the Bride. So, there, where was I to go? If you could have remembered the Bride's husband's name, mm-hmm. that would have been a good pull. Yeah. I couldn't do Buck because he's a villain. Yeah. And Leonard's not a villain. What? Leonard is not a villain. Leonard is not a villain? Oh, you're right. Leonard up. is not yeah. a villain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the sentence didn't make any sense to me. That's all. Because <laughs> I had to think about who was Leonard in Kill Bill. <laughs> and why was he a good guy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess Orenishi is not. She's a villain also, kind of. Sure. You know, it's a comp. There's some comp. Shut up, crazy eighty-eight. I think <laughs> well, that's a better one. Certainly, villains. <laughs> um, what you, what what you got next? I I you know what I I I have something that I didn't write down. Um, uh, what do you think of Shirley dying first? Because she's black. Is that what you're asking? No, no, no. I asked because uh, I mean, I I feel like uh, maybe I'm just overly sensitive, but like Shirley bowing out. Of, of their fun and games sometimes early. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe, if I'm recalling correctly, in the first paintball, which we recapped not too long ago. Yep. She and Troy go out first. She and Troy go out first. But it's her before Troy. No? It's at, the, at the same time. Oh, right. It's, Troy made God mad, if you recall. Right, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, it's like uh, when they're having fun and games, she goes home. I don't think it happens all the time. Uh, I think those are just two examples. And I also, I, I really like that it sets something up here. I love that uh, Shirley guilts them, guilts Hickey over her fictional character dying. Yes. I thought that was a really nice moment, so I'm fine with it. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I can't... And she actually leaves. Yes. Because uh, at the end of the game in their big battle, the the various people that don't make it, they, they just sort of huddle yeah. in the corner. Well, including you know, She's got kids to take care of. Right? Oh, she just can't be that. hanging around at some kid's apartment <laughs> watch, watching people play D&D. Come on. She's a mother of two. It's true. D&D is not a good spectator. A sports. single mother of two. Uh, again, lest well, we forget. Lest we forget. She She's temporarily split up, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think but that, she's still, around. at the moment, she is raising those kids alone. Well, I think sharing, because... Yeah, but uh, she had said that. He but uh, has... when they're with when they're with her, yeah, it's just her. Is the point? Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a constant all day. She can leave with someone. <laughs> Stop trying to 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. To uh, not. Uh, I'm all right. Bye. I'll see you later. <laughs> Wouldn't you love if they did a whole episode at Shirley, wherever Shirley's living? No. No. <laughs> nope. See, that's what's wrong with America. They did that in season four. No, but that wasn't where she was living. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was her house where they put the hole in the garage. Do you think she's still there with... The, do you think Andre took that house? Mm, I don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> because I don't know, and I don't care. I got a note about hobgoblins. Though, okay. In the next time that hobglob... Hemoglobins. Hemoglobins. <laughs> yeah. What's your note about hobgoblins? Um, the hobgoblins are... <laughs> Sorry, I just saw some news on my computer. <laughs> Well, you're going to have to tell me in a minute. Well, I'll tell you right now. And I'm sorry that it's not at all community related. Uh, Gollum, old, old Andy Serkis, is directing the Jungle Book movie. Is directing the oh, Jungle Book movie. Oh, it's no longer uh, uh, your man. Remember? We talked about this on Nerds Eye View. Uh, we did. And we talked about this in real life as well, I believe. 
we which is why it was time. it was shocking to me. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what happened. You think there's going to be a lot more motion capture in that film now? <laughs> yeah, that's all he likes. <laughs> that's what he does. Oh yeah, but according to the Hollywood Reporter, Andy Serkis, who has not directed anything before, will direct the live action Jungle Book. You hear you heard it. You wait, heard which, it first. Wait, which version though? There were two versions being developed. Uh, one by Ron Howard and one by the guy whose name I honestly can't remember right now. This is who a, you like because he did Swingers. John Favreau. Yeah. All I'm seeing here is that uh, this this is a live action and it's with Warner Brothers. Okay, I think that's the Jean Favreau. This is not important. Jean Favreau. And we shall move back to community. He's French, did you know? <laughs> uh, what's your next note? Hobgoblins are hobgarding the door. <laughs> Yeah. That's what they... Oh, you were it. just so eager to get to that, even though I it's... I love that line. Here. I don't even know what else is going on. It's a great line. I've got some notes before that. Uh, Hawthorne Mountains, of course. Oh, sure. A little respect paid. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's a moment here where... Uh, <clears throat> the So, Sky Spiders show up, uh, and they attack Hank's group. Or not attack, but they just show up. Mm-hmm. And Hank uh, knows that they're just uh, they're gentle creatures and, and communicates with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, Britta uses her skills as a ranger to identify that they are submitting to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chang and is excited and he goes to pound it. And uh, Hank has the exact same pound confusion that uh, Hickey had in one episode. Yeah. So that's another father-son connection between them. Yeah. They both uh, knocked on a, <laughs> a fist instead of pounding it. So uh, a nice little. Uh, is that is that a weird it? sideways uh, Breaking Bad reference? Did did uh, Jonathan Banks do that on Breaking Bad? No, but that would mean that Hickey is the one who knocks. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> you you're enjoying that right over there. Uh, my next note is two arrows. We talked about that. Yep. Um, oh. I have a note about um, so there's there's a moment where Hickey says, "I said I punched him in a heart and I never miss." Yeah. And then Abed says, "You're a two foot halfling, yeah. or you're a three foot halfling in two foot well, grass yeah, punching he... a seven foot monster." Yeah. Have you ever done that? And yeah. so Hickey's like, "Oh," and he says, "You better get serious." And so in the next scene, Hickey gets real serious. Yeah. <laughs> and when Hickey gets serious, shit gets done. I, I wrote, "Once Hickey gets serious." He's killing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have a note about that, about him getting serious, actually. He, it's when he's uh, interrogating the goblin, trying to figure out where the tower of the necromancer is. I I really love uh, Abed's goblin acting here and all the <laughs> things that he does with his mouth in order yes. to, to be a goblin. It's two separate goblin mouth yes. movements. Yes, and they're both delightful. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Watch out for that if you if you watch this episode again. Um. So then we, we go back to Hank's group, and my note here is um, the the spice the sky spiders have carried them as far as their complex religion will allow, uh-huh. which I really I really like the the community version of the mythology of D anD. d I don't think that one is a real thing, although maybe there are some D anD. d fans out there. That well, I thought it was them. also a, like a stab at Lord of the Rings, where they get the they get the those giant birds to carry them where they need to go but they won't take them all the way they just take them a little bit out of the way do they take them any of the way i thought he just gets gandalf off the roof well and i'm also referring to in the hobbit oh okay at the end of the first hobbit like the the birds come in and save them from from being attacked and then they just drop them off like a little bit closer (laughs) like they could take them all the way to where they need to go but they're just like oh here you go 
Can I bring? Because I hate talking. <laughs> Can I just bring up some more evidence of, of why you, should, why you and all people should hate him? Look, I don't care. And, Let's just keep moving. But this is for the audience. I, it needs the world needs to know about why Tolkien sucks. First of all, because he's a bad writer, and, and we'll talk more about that if you see me. Also, because uh, at times he described uh, dwarves as uh, short-sighted, like little creatures that only care about money. And then also, uh, on separate occasions, compared them to Jews. So do with that what you will. Okay, good. You're done. So Tolkien hates Jews. Um. The, the dean comes up with a plan yeah. that he can send a note on a bird or something. On a sparrow. A sparrow yeah. <laughs> to Jeff that if they both rub their swords, mm-hmm. uh, a light will join between them and they can find each other. Yes. Uh, because the dean has gotten so into this that he believes himself to be <laughs> Jeff's son. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he will he will rub all night long. Well, looking hopes... wistfully at a picture of Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> That was a that was a pretty solid gag. Yeah, that was a great visual masturbation joke. Um, and I love that when so the first time we see we see uh, him give the note to Abed and and Abed does the roll to see if it works. Yeah, and he throws Abed throw, throws that note into the trash. Yeah, the trash can's already about halfway full. <laughs> yeah, of those, those same notes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so so Dean is is playing this presume trying this trick presumably every single time Abed goes back to their group. Yeah. Um, and then it finally works. It finally works. Yeah, which is uh, amazing. Oh, I put a note here, but it it doesn't. It's not time specific. Okay, you want to say it now? Yeah. Um. So it it took like them saying it like five times for me to make a connection here. Joseph Gordon Diehard. Yeah, that is not a normal name. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they call him Starburns. Um. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> it's just making. A joke. But it, was that your point? No, my point is, um, do you think he, uh, Abed named this character Joseph Gordon Die Hard because Die Hard features Bruce Willis, who played the older version of Joseph Gordon Levitt's character in Looper? Um, if he did, I would think the reference would somehow be extended in the name of the father, but instead End he went with the son. <laughs> He's... He instead went with a lethal weapon reference for the father. Yeah, so that, that, um, that throws me. That is interesting. Yeah. What would have what would have been the extended reference you you would <sighs> expect with the father's name? Because the father An actual was named Bruce Riggs. Willis character, maybe. So uh Butch Diehard. Butch? Pulp fiction. Oh, sure. Butch Coolidge was his name. Okay. I remember the names of Pulp Fiction a lot better than the names of Kill Bill, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um you've probably seen it more oh definitely yeah um so okay so then the 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 sparrow trick finally works jeff Mm -hmm. gets the message and i really want everyone to pay close attention to jeff's face as he rubs his hilt (laughs) to to shine this light to find the other group because the entire time even when it's when it's working and he it's this great moment of discovery for them he so hates that he's rubbing his hilt knowing that at the same time uh dean is rubbing the blade Uh there is just oh just disgust like he knows he has to do it and he knows that it's working but just he's so not into it it's a great moment check out jeff's face mm-hmm. um okay so then <coughs> excuse me they both they know where each other are and they know that they're they're equidistant from the necromancer. So they're yep. going to arrive there at the same time um and uh to explain why 
they're now helping Hank and the other group, even though they they had come in with the goal of, of reconciling them. Hickey says, "Oh, you know, he'll have them all drinking his Kool Aid by now." Yep. And that's when we see Hank talking about uh, grandkids as trophies, and uh, they're so into his their his hatred of Hickey that Cheng spits in Abed's room, uh, which uh, is gross, Cheng. Yep. And uh, I, I don't I don't think Abed was in the room at the time, but I I have to feel he would have objected. Yeah, because that's gross. Um, so now we're at the com- confrontation. And uh, I, I've got a note here that I, I try to avoid, but, I mean, we do it all the time anyway. And, it, and that this note is just a line that I really liked. Oh, sure. Uh, Britt is there, and she's uh, she's talking about, uh, you, you going to let us kill him? And then her line is, or we're going to have to get red, <laughs> which is her description for going to battle. Yeah. Which I really, really like. And also I think is like kind of legitimately a badass way of describing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so coods to both Britta the character and the writing staff for that line. Uh, and this this is, uh, I think this is a pretty great moment for the the dean here. Yeah. Uh, where he he's he's role-playing, he's reunited with his father. Finally, which is what he's been trying to do this whole time. And he wants to hug him. Yes. But uh, the, the other team, they, they believe that it's a trap. Well, I think Hickey believes it is a trap. Uh-huh. And Jeff... Just even, doesn't want to hug. Even in fictional circumstances, does not want to hug the dean. Uh-huh. So um, so he pulls his sword. Yes, he, he points his sword at the uh-huh. dean. The dean is not deterred and goes in for the hug anyway. And gets impaled. Yes, impales himself. And he and acts <laughs> out yeah. what it would be like to be impaled. Yeah, but still hugging. And then die on the blade and then hug Jeff. Yes. And then he whispers, worth it. It's a which wonderful I, moment. Which I think is the creepiest part of the whole thing. Because in the end... He's still lucid enough to realize that his end game was touch Jeff. Yes. <laughs> like, it, like the role playing was just a means to the end of getting close to Jeff and touching him. Of course. <laughs> it's a wonderful moment all around. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then the battle starts uh, and there it's a montage where we're just see, seeing and hearing quick flashes of everything that's going down. Which is funny. Uh, I wrote do, down a couple that I liked. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I just wanted to remark on the the way that Abed, I, I feel like at first he reacts like he's overwhelmed yeah. by the amount, like how they get into it and they, they're shouting, you know, attacks at him and he's rolling. Yeah. But then I think he really gets into it. I think he I really... I think he was into it the whole time. I think the overwhelming was part of him acting and getting into it. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just think it's also uh, like realistic in a way where it's like... Uh, they were sort of catching up as time goes on, and then now all of a sudden they're really into it, and he has to deal with like six different battle like yeah. type things going on at the same time. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, good, good, good fun, stuff. Good fun time. Uh, so two things that I wrote down that we we see or hear during the montage. Annie is is apparently doing a move that somehow involves Hector's penis because she is standing in a position that suggests he is holding it with two hands yeah. and swinging it back and forth. Yep. Uh, that was nice. I like that at one point also um, Jeff holds Britta's face down in a puddle, which I feel was less about doing actual damage and more about just like humiliating her character and putting her in, his pla- in her place, mm-hmm. which uh, does seem like a Jeff move. So I like those two uh, things happening in the battle. And um, stuff like that has happened in the D&D section of Harmontown all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> uh, that's that's uh, also a Jeff move. That's a Jeff Davis move. Harmontown. Yet notes? That, I'm out of notes. I have one more note. I just have fond memories. <laughs> <laughs> I have just one more note. and that uh, So everyone has died except for Hickey and Hank. Mm-hmm. Um, the necromancer has bailed. He has fled the castle. Yep. and uh, Or the tower. Hank has, has gone down the ladder already, where and Hickey is still looting for supplies. 
and there's a moment where 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 uh, yeah. uh, Hank he well he's metagaming first of all yeah and he's saying he's trying to get Hickey to share supplies with him but uh, he says you're down the ladder and then he says yeah but I can hear you looting and then Hickey says not if I move about silently and then Abed is so so proud of Hickey in this moment and gives him this great look yeah. a lot of great looks in this episode mm-hmm. um, and that is one of them so check it out um. What do you what do you feel about the the tag? I like it. What, what do you feel? I'm not into it. Okay, I feel like it's a step too far. <laughs> the tag is, uh, of course, is Abed uh, playing D and D with uh, Annie's stuffed animals or stuffies, as she calls them. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you don't like it for stuffies alone. <laughs> I like that aspect. I just don't think. Well, what's Abed doing? What, and so he's hearing Abed's them doing speak what, in his Abed's head. doing what Abed does. Is he's playing make-believe. I think that's too far. That's though. what Abed does. I don't know, man. I don't think that's too far at all. I think this is, uh, you know, he doesn't have a dreamatorium anymore, apparently. I haven't seen it in the house except the, for that couch. Oh, now you're admitting it. Now I'm admitting that you think that's the dreamatorium. Here's what I'll say I do like about Abed r- role-playing with the stuffies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he, he's, he, he opens with like... Uh, Oh, you're standing in front of the door to the something of something. And then he says whatever funny name he's got for the bear. Yeah. And then he pauses while he listens to whatever the bear says. And then he rolls and he says, yes, you pour a cup of tea. Yeah. That he... He has the um, um, a game set out before them that is D and D, but and yet the stuffies are trying to have a tea party. Yeah. <laughs> that I enjoy. I like that a lot. I don't see why you have such a problem with this. This is just Abed. This is him uh, having having a fantasy, playing make believe. That's what Abed does. All right. Plugs. Yeah. Oh, here comes the yawn. Oh, <laughs> and I had to cough at the same time. We were both taken out by nature. All right. Um. I do another podcast called Nerds Eye View, where I talk about movies and television uh, with my friends Matthew Esposito, uh, Jordan Scott, sometimes Thomas Willett uh, joins in, and sometimes Matt Benson gets in on the action. That's right. As he did in the last episode. If you go to nvpodcast.com, you'll hear uh, 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 in that episode. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Yep. Uh, that's a good little review we got there with uh, Matt Benson and Matt Esposito joining me in that. And then Spoilers uh, is a dope movie. <laughs> I don't even think that's a spoiler. <laughs> I think if you didn't know it was a dope movie, you're dumb. It's true. Uh, and in the next episode, we're going to be reviewing uh, Muppets Most Wanted. Oh, nice. Um, so please check that out. NEVpodcast.com or BenViewNetwork.com slash NEV. Uh, you know, or just go to BenVNetwork.com for all your favorite podcasts. Yeah. On that old network. With yes, most sir. of them hosted by Matt Benson. <laughs> Not most, but a significant <laughs> per percentage. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, BenVNetwork.com. Check out Benson's Boombox. Check out Matt and Breno's Wrestling Show. Check out Popsicles. Those are the other shows that I do. Um, check out Nightwing Loves Power Girl. I was just on that show as a guest. And uh, we even talked about community. It's a co- it's a show about comics, but we uh, squeezed in some community and some Harmontown talk. So uh, definitely check that out. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Matt Benson. That's D-R Matt Benson. And uh, you, can, uh, you can do stuff to us on iTunes that we would uh, like and appreciate. You can write a review. You can subscribe to us. You can give us a rating. If you, uh, if you give us a review, uh, we'll see your thing and we'll, we'll mention you on the air. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Shut Up Lend Pod, 
and write us emails at shutupleonardpodcast at gmail.com. Also, from the corrections department, actually, uh, it was, of course, Gina Gershon on the tag last week. Andrew is uh, has no remorse about not knowing who she was. Nope. However, I actually I thought it was her, but I wasn't sure. And then I convinced myself that it wasn't and became too embarrassed to suggest that it was because that's what's going on in my head. I'm going to say I, I've literally seen no films that Gina Gershon is in. I don't think I've ever seen a film that she was in, but I have seen uh, her episode of Kerber Enthusiasm. And I did know, I, 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 I was cognizant of the fact that that was Gina Gershon in that episode. And it's an episode, it's not even like, oh, I saw it once and forgot about it. It's an episode that I, that I remember very well. Uh, and, and I have no excuse, and I'm sorry. And I don't think we ever corrected this, but Jory LaForge was a navigator on Starship Enterprise in the first season. Uh, this is something that Andrew suggested, who and he doesn't even watch Star Trek, but I was so in my, oh, what are you talking about, Jordy's an engineer, which he was later, that I completely forgot that in that first season, he was, in fact, a navigator, and I apologize for that as well. I, I committed a cardinal sin. I said something wrong about Star Trek on the internet, uh, and I apologize for that. And uh, we got another review. So oh. a shout out to to Person Man Forty Four, which I believe is Mark Bolton of Nightwing Loves Power Girl. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, thanks uh, thanks Mark for having me on your show and for writing that review. Shut up, Leonard. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.